Well, I want to tell you, I had it all planned out. I knew exactly what I was going to do with my life, where I was going, what I was going to do, all of it. I mean, after all, I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I knew it all. I knew that I wanted to work in India. I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. And so I just assumed that medical missions was my ticket to ride. I loved biology. I loved anatomy. I loved cultures. I loved Jesus. Ha! It was a perfect fit. I was a Mother Teresa in the making. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> well, we all grow up thinking and dreaming of what our dream job's going to be, what we want to accomplish in life. We make choices about our vocation, our education, what we're going to do with our life, relationships, maybe marriage or a family one day. And we do all of it with no guarantee of that that's where we're actually going to end up in life. You know, some of us today are sitting in a place of anticipation. Maybe we're stressed out as we're wondering what's next in life or where we're going to go after we graduate. That's legitimate. Others may have hit their stride and really love where their work and their life has taken them, and it's been a joy and a pleasure. And others are here today, and, and you might be frustrated in your job and your work current situation and are looking for a new pathway or something different. And some of us here are retired and embarking on a new rhythm of life and purpose. And any one of these stages, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and uncertain because it's an unscripted season in our lives. Well, we've been talking about rhythms here over the last number of weeks, and we've been talking everything from the rhythm of Sabbath to the rhythm of prayer and Bible reading to healthy rhythms of relationship and intentionality in our lives. And today we're going to wrap up this series and talk about the rhythms of work. Ugh. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Work is essential, and it's actually a significant part of our lives. Some of, your, of us here haven't even started on our careers yet, while others are halfway through and maybe even redesigning their careers and where they're headed. And like I said earlier, some have already embarked on a rhythm of retirement. And let's be honest, that in no way means that you've stopped working, because we all know that even in retirement, we fill our life with things to do. Well, Colossians 3.23 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So there's three things I actually want us to look at this morning. And the first one is this. It's discovery. How do you know? How do you know the job that you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go? All I know is that by the time I finished college, I was stressing out. I was like, what's next? What do I do? This isn't going as planned. Did I make a mistake? I somehow ended up with a bachelor's of theology degree with a major in cross-cultural communications. What happened to med school? Is India still on the table? Now what? I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who's asked these questions in their life when they get to the end of their education and going, what, what did I just do? What did I just spend all these years doing? Well, here's the thing. Maybe you're just starting out, or maybe you've been at it for a while. But for anyone who's curious, I would love to offer you some truly sound advice this morning so you know maybe when it's time to look for a new job. So have a look with me. 
Well, if you hate going to work every day, it may be time. If you hate going to work and your coworkers don't respect you, hey dummy, it may be time. If you hate going to work, your coworkers don't respect you, and you always wish you were somewhere else, it may be time. If you hate going to work, your coworkers don't respect you, you wish you were somewhere else, and you cry constantly. It may be time. If you hate going to work, no one respects you. You wish you were somewhere else. You cry constantly, and you daydream of punching small animals. Oh dear! It may be time. If you hate going to work, no one respects you. You wish you were somewhere else. You cry constantly. You daydream of punching small animals, and you sit next to this guy. It may be time. If you make loads of money. It may not be time, but if you make loads of money, you hate going to work. No one respects you. You wish you were somewhere else. You cry constantly. You daydream of punching small animals, and you sit next to this. It's probably time. Yes, it's true. It's probably time. That was actually a Super Bowl commercial from 2009 for uh, what's now called Indeed, helping people find jobs. But if, for any reason, you identify with any of those. Maybe it's time to find a new job. And for anybody who had empathy for the little furry guy who got punched, oh, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, no, don't hit the koala. Anyway, if that's you, perhaps it's time. But did you know, in all seriousness, that a third of your life is going to be spent working? And with an average life expectancy of 80 years, I know this is supposed to be encouraging, just bear with me, okay? <laughs> That actually equates to 90,000 hours in your lifetime that you're going to be spent working, which translates to 13 years of working and an additional three years that you're going to get in your life to spend on vacation and holiday time and one year of your life that's going to be spent commuting to and from work. So, your work has a huge impact on your quality of life and your happiness. In fact, stats tell us that by the time you're 30 years old, you will have had seven to eight jobs. And on average, a person will change jobs 12 times in their life. Now, unlike years past where some people would stay in the same career for 40 plus years, nowadays, it's quite common for people to go from job to job, career to career. And here's the thing, you will continue to evolve in your career over the years. You know, you may start in one direction and end up in multiple different companies over the years. But learning and acquiring skills, all of these things happen and they are preparing you for another season in your life. If 90,000 hours of your life are going to be devoted to work, don't you think it's gonna take a little bit of time to get to where you wanna go? Dream jobs can sometimes unfold quickly for people, but for the majority of us, we spend <clears throat> a lot of time going from job to job to work to that place. We grow and we mature and we walk into new opportunities. Your working career is literally all about discovering. It's about discovering who you are, what you have to bring to the table, and where God is actually leading you. Proverbs 16.9 says this, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but God directs our paths. I want you to notice the, N, or the S at the end of the word paths. You see, <clears throat> there's not just one way forward. Some of you need to take a deep breath this morning and relinquish your plans into his hands. There's more than one path 
and you need to be okay with that. You may have temporary jobs on your way to the next assignment, and that's okay. It's about discovery. And I know many students who've put years in study and get into the workforce and realize, oh, this isn't what I want to do at all. Thank you. And they realize that, wow, this isn't the direction I want. My brother-in-law, for instance, went and got an engineering degree here at UBC, only to find out he hated engineering, and he became an ancient traditional Chinese medicine doctor. Like, I still don't get it, but okay, right? Like, the point is, we continue to evolve and discover who we are. And as we do, we discover what makes us happy, what inspires us, what intrigues us, and those very things bring us fulfillment. Never stop learning and discovering. It doesn't mean you're going to always love your job, but it does mean that there is always something to learn and discover while you are working. Discovery. The second thing is your work matters. Work is essential. In fact, it is a significant part of our lives and what God has called us to partake in. Did you know that the word work and toil are mentioned over 480 times in the Bible? This is God indicating to us that our work is important. He talks to us about our work. And throughout scripture, God communicates how important our work is to him. And he knew that it was going to consume a major part of our lives. You see, God intended our work and efforts to actually be in partnership with him. From the beginning of time, Adam was tasked with the job of naming the animals, the plants, the fish, and to work and toil for food. So there's a sense of purpose and life that is given to you and I when we work. There is satisfaction and pleasure that can only come to us through the fulfillment of working. God himself was no stranger to work. In fact, he created. And after working, he took time to rest. In the same way, he invites you and I to experience the joy and pleasure of working with him. Now, we all know that working is essential, and it fulfills a practical needs. We need to work to what? Pay the bills. We need to work to keep food on the table, to care for our families, those around us, to help others in need. We work also to find a sense of purpose and identity in our lives. It helps us to use our gifts, our talents, and our abilities in a way that should bring fulfillment. Now, it doesn't mean that you're always going to love your job. Sometimes we have tasks and things that we do that we got to push our way through, and it's not always easy. We might not be the best boss in the world, or we might not work for the richest company or make the most money, but your work should mean that you find what gives you life. And when you tap into your giftings and your abilities in a way that honors God, it displays his creativity in you. So my late father-in-law was a doctor, more specifically, he was an OBGYN, an obstetrician gynecologist. And he was also a man of faith. This is Dr. Douglas Yackel here. And he often referred to himself as having a ministry of medicine. He was a really good doctor. He was good at what he did. But he recognized that his abilities and giftings were to be used to honor God. So he took his job seriously. And he used his job to connect with people. He'd listen, connect, sometimes he even prayed with his patients, and he would use it as a means to show kindness and empathy towards others. 
His work became richer and fuller because he allowed what he did to reflect who he was, and he did it to honor God. Now, just a couple months ago before Christmas, I was shopping, and this woman in the store was helping me with a purchase. And when she heard my name, she said, are you related to a Dr. Yakel? That happens. So here I was in the store making a purchase. And she began to share with me that 40 years ago, my father-in-law cared for her, that he took the time to listen, and he even prayed for her. And here, 40 years later, I stood in the store witnessing the impact of a man who chose to honor God with his life as he served as a minister of medicine. 40 years later. Hear me. Never underestimate the power of your influence in another person's life. No matter your profession, people remember their interactions with you. In the same way, I want to remind you today that you partake in the ministry of whatever your profession is. Maybe you're a teacher. Guess what? You have the ministry of teaching, the ministry of business, the ministry of engineering, the ministry of dentistry, the ministry of law, the ministry of homemaker, the ministry of dog walker, Mm -hmm. the ministry of being a student. Yes, That is your job right now, and it is significant. Your work matters. And when we begin to realize that our work is bigger than us, it actually changes everything. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you have been blessed with one of God's many gifts to be used in the service of others. So I say to you today, use your gifts wisely. Whatever your profession, whatever the season you find yourself in, work with your gifts and your talents and your abilities. No wonder God speaks so much about our work. It's the fabric of living, and it's where the creativity of God is represented through our work. It's why some are really good at writing and become authors. Some are professional athletes. It's why some are math geniuses and wizards. I am not one. And why others are Michelin star chefs. We each bring a creative bent to the world, and it's through our contributions, through our work, that displays God's creativity to those around us. God uses your work to develop your character. You may have a boss who drives you nuts, or a coworker who pushes all your buttons. We've all been there. But all of these situations can be used to help develop and hone your character. God wants to make something out of us as we work, and the workplace refines us. 90,000 hours of refining. (laughs) Who's excited about that? (laughs) Well, Ecclesiastes 1.3 says this, you spend your life working and laboring, and what do you have to show for it? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's your character. Your work is God's work in you to define you, to refine you, to develop your character. Now, I think it is also important to acknowledge that work and employment isn't always possible for everyone. There are those who have illness or disability. There are those who are stay-at-home parents or caregivers, or those who have found themselves in very challenging situations. Now, while work in the traditional sense may not be possible, work is still a part of who you are. In fact, it's in those moments you choose how to work whether that's volunteering and serving, loving your kids, 
washing and feeding a loved one who needs additional care, whether that's even attending to your own medical appointments. It's all about using your gifts and your abilities where you are. This, too, is honoring work to God. And it's a way you continue to build your character in your life and your gifts. Luke 16.10 says this, Whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. Well, this is referring to your character and who you are and how you work. You know, the most important thing you bring home is not your paycheck. It's you. It's your character. That is the most important thing you bring home to the people you do life with. So question, what are you allowing God to form in you as you work? Work is a rhythm. We usually think of it as five days a week. It's not always nine to five, but it's a natural rhythm of life. From the beginning of time, people had to work. In fact, you had to work to get food. And if you were lazy, guess what? You didn't eat. Pretty simple. (laughs) Kind of like me. If I don't go to the grocery store, I don't have food for my family. We need to do things. We know that work is important. And it is to be done in partnership with God, with discovering our gifts and our talents and using those gifts where we are in our work. So Frederick uh, Buechner says this. He's a known author and theologian. He says, The place God calls you to is the place where deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Where your deep gladness, that means those things that are essential to who you are, and the world's deep hunger meet. You see, your influence in the places you work actually matters. This is where your vocation and your calling intersect and it matters. We need to show up, not just for your employer, not just to the employees, not for your co-workers and for those you serve, but also for God and his purposes in your life. So funny story, I grew up in Campbell River, which is on Vancouver Island, and I don't know if it's known now, but back then it used to be known as the salmon fishing capital of the world. And one of my summer jobs during college was that, this is going to sound funny, was that of a bait girl. I know, sounds really weird, but bear with me. (laughs) So literally, I worked on the docks alone selling live bait to fishing guides and their guests from around the world. I would scoop live herring up out of our bins and slosh it into a bucket and give it to the guides and they'd be on their way to start fishing. I'd work 8 to 12 hours a day, a lot of times starting at 4 in the morning. Ouch. But one summer, I had a guide and his guests pull up to the dock, and one of them chirped up when he saw me, and he said, hey, I remember you. You worked here last summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I totally did. And the other guy's like, yeah, we remember you. You were the one that always had clothes on. (laughs) What? really, really? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that, mm-hmm, that's me. <laughs> now, trust me, never in my life did I think I would be remembered for the person that was wearing clothes. You see, what an odd thing, but you see, my co-workers on the other dock would often be wearing skimpy bikini tops. Mm. So what I noticed was these men actually appreciated, and it was a compliment. They were saying, hey, you stood out to us. You actually had clothes on, and we remember you a year later. (laughs) How weird, right? But it was in that moment I realized something, that my job was more than just making money to help me in school next year. 
People were watching me. My choices mattered. How I conducted myself said something about me as a person. Honest to goodness, for someone to remember me for such a reason as this a year later blew my mind. But it was then that I realized my life, no matter how insignificant I thought it was, was always leaving an impression on someone else. Our work gives credibility to who we say we are. How we work shows our work ethic. It helps us display our faith, our morals, and the quality of your work speaks to those around you. Your work displays what you believe. Your actions speak louder than your words. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, Take care of your own business and work, and when you do, people will respond to you. You see, people are watching us in good times and in hard times. Our work validates our message. So maybe you can't share your faith at work, but you can in the way you do your work. And people are watching. They see your character reflected in your work. So let me ask you, what does your work ethic say about you? What do your interactions as a boss, an employee, a student say about your character? How do you conduct your business affairs? Are you kind and generous, or are you stingy and demanding? How do you treat your coworkers, especially the ones who challenge you? People are watching, and it's God's desire to use the character he's developing in you to testify of who he is, because your work matters. The last thing I want us to look at today is unhealthy versus healthy rhythms. Now, some of us have learned patterns of work that are very unhealthy. Our rhythms get derailed and we find ourselves consumed with burdens of responsibility, with stress, financial overwhelm, and the life being sucked out of us. Psalm 127.2 says this, "It It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. And then it goes on to say, God gives rest to his loved ones. You see, he's given all of us Pockets of time to step away, to close the laptop, to get off the phone, and to engage with friends and family around us. But when we don't allow healthy rhythms to unfold in our lives and in our work, we can find ourselves in a place of burnout. We've spoken about Sabbath and why it's so important. Rest is required in order to restore ourselves, to be calm, to refocus, and sometimes we need to step away. Some of us have become workaholics, pushing past our limits over and over and over again. And no one on their deathbed has ever said, oh man, I wish I spent more time at the office. That's just not, like, we just don't do that. We get to the end of our life and we're like, man, why? Oh, my priorities were in the wrong place. It's about people. It's about connection. Our work is important. But the balance is equally as important. Brene Brown, a known psychologist and researcher, says this about work. She says, the biggest shame trigger at work is the fear of irrelevance. She says, when people don't know their value, they are hustling for their worth. That's why you and I need to ask ourselves the hard questions to understand the importance of working to serve God and not man. Why are we overworking? 
Why are we hustling for our worth? Why are we pushing so hard? Is it to fulfill some internal mission to make more money, to be the better employee, to get that promotion, or, or to get better toys in life? Or maybe some of us allow ourselves to be consumed with finding our identity in what we do rather than who we are to be. We work so hard to avoid the bigger things we really should be asking ourselves, like choosing to trust God to care for us, when we choose to rely on our own abilities rather than trusting God. We overwork to fill a void in our lives, looking in all the wrong places for that fulfillment and that satisfaction and for our purpose. God asks us to work, but equally, he asks us to rest. Now, the first time I had to work through burnout, unfortunately, I've done it a couple times, so work in progress, I actually had to take a really hard look at myself and what I was doing and why. I was single at the time and I figured that all of my work and time needed to be given to serving others. I had no family of my own, so it was really easy for me to just keep giving. I gave the best of me to everyone else and left nothing for myself. I remember someone telling me years later, Michelle, you know, God might have called you to this work, but he didn't actually ask you to kill yourself doing it. I had to begin to redefine my work-life balance, those rhythms and those patterns, and recognize that killing myself for working was not what I was called to do, nor is it what you're called to do. I had to begin to unravel my self-worth and identify at my identity and realize that who I was What I did was not what defined me, nor was it what made me worthy. That my accomplishments and my need to prove myself as a woman in a predominantly male vocation was not necessary, nor was it honoring to who I was. I was busy feeling undervalued, therefore I was hustling for my worth. I had to learn to rest, to relearn rhythms of of God as calling in my life and not the pace that I had set for myself. I remember the first time I took a vacation by myself. (laughs) I had already been working in full-time ministry for about five years and I needed to take some time off. In fact, it was suggested, I think you need a holiday. I had never done that before. a bad thing. So I got on a plane and I flew to Mexico alone. I'm going to tell you, it was pretty awkward at first. (laughs) What do you do when you get on a plane to fly somewhere on a nice tropical vacation by yourself? (laughs) Nobody to talk with. You got to meet new friends. It was awkward. It was awkward. I slept a lot, but slowly I began to realize the importance of stepping away. It allowed me to see the value of rest the value in slowing down and actually taking time to refuel myself. It allowed me time to pause and to discover with God what I was doing and why I was pushing so hard. I soon realized that I actually had no margin in my life and I needed to create space to welcome Sabbath and to make sure that friends were a part of my life, not just my work. In his book, Sabbath, Wayne Mueller describes Charles, who is a very gifted physician, and he illustrates the same point this way. 
He said, I discovered in medical school that if I saw a patient when I was tired or overworked, I would order a lot of tests. I was so exhausted. Maybe you can relate. I couldn't tell exactly what was going on, so I got in the habit of ordering a battery of tests, hoping they would tell me what I was missing. But when I was rested, if I had the opportunity to get some sleep or step away for a quiet walk, when I saw the next patient, I could rely on my intuition and experience to give me a pretty accurate reading of what was happening. When I could take the time to listen and to be present with them and their illness, I was almost always right. Work matters, and it's important. But healthy work rhythms are just as important. Rest is essential. Work is important, but rest is also equally important. A rhythm of rest or Sabbath is essential, and it's only possible because we work. Work is necessary, but so is rest. If the scales of our work habits are so tipped in one direction, we're actually no good in any area. We're not good at anything. God desires us to work, to find fulfillment and satisfaction, and to use our work to honor him. But he also asks us to find rest and joy and pleasure in stepping away. So today, you may be here just starting out in your career You might be somewhere in between, or you might be at the end of your paid professional career in life. But I want to encourage you this morning to continue to discover what you are to do with your life, to keep allowing character to be built into your life, and to discover what you can do to honor God with your work, with your time, to remember that your work matters. That what you do is imperative, and it's not just about you. It's about the creative nature you bring to the world. And within the balance of discovery and working, that we work to find a restorative balance and rhythm to our lives in working and resting, in working to honor God and not for man. Our work is a gift. You know, at 14, I thought I had it figured out. (laughs) Clearly not. But little did I know what the paths were that were still to come in my life and the journeys that I would still yet to discover and, oh, what I would have missed out on had I thought I had it all figured out and pushed my agenda. Rather, I chose to pause, to listen to God, to find his grace and his mercy and his leading, to listen to let him develop character in my life and continue to allow me to walk this journey. And in the same way, my prayer for you this morning is no matter where you're at in the journey, that you continue to discover his plans for you, that you would understand that your work matters. Your gifts and talents are far beyond just what you have right here. They impact others. And maybe 40 years down the road, someone's going to run into a person who's been impacted by your influence in your job, the things that you have done. So my prayer this morning for you is just that. Discover, know that your work matters, and continue to find healthy rhythms so that you can honor God with your life and what he's called you to do.
Amen.